All right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. Uh, we're we're going to start here in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, but we're actually going to look at Rahab, the prostitute, and you. And say, oh man, prostitute and me. Well, it's in our Bible. So what do I do with that story? This is such an amazing story. Anyway, uh, we're going to find out there's a woman in the book of uh, Hebrews here. She's listed like, uh, well, they're going to start listing from Abraham all the way down. Well, it could be Adam as well. But anyway, this chapter is, is very interesting. It's uh, Some people call it the faith chapter, which makes sense to me. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and notice this word, evidence, of things not seen. Now, he's going to list a bunch of problems here and how these people got out of it. And they didn't get out of it by going, you know what, I just, yeah, it looks like it's going to be all right. No, it looked like it was going to get worse. But what they did was they didn't just ride it out. Well, I'll just wait. Good things happen to those that wait. That is not even a scripture. And if you sit there and don't do nothing, it's not always going to work out right, you know. It's about trusting the Lord. It's not just... You know what? I just kind of got by. Things will get better. No, they will not get better. They'll probably get worse. But they will get better if you do this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Interesting, you got to have some substance here. It's the evidence of things not seen. Like, you know, you've got troubles, whatever. You could. I mean, I tell you, sometimes we just check out when it comes to, oh, my knee. We don't even think Jesus is there. <laughs> oh, I know you're at the door knocking, but Lord, this is my knee. He spent all his ministry healing people. And he never quit. He's still doing it today. He'll help you. Okay, it's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by what? By faith. The elders obtained a good report. In other words, they got over their problems. Now look at this. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. It wasn't like, you know, the Big Bang. It's just, I mean, you know, it's so funny. I don't know if you know it or not, but the Big Bang Theory, evolutionists, the, this, is, this is their story. Billions and billions of years ago, actually 20 billion is what they say. And they say this, they say all of matter came out of actually nothing. What's the difference between their story and ours? Except we believe it was about less than 10,000 years ago, something happened by the name of God, and he said, let there be light. You know. But anyway, that, oh boy, it's amazing where the evolutionists uh, get their stuff from. <clears throat> but anyway, it's all... Very easily proven to be wrong. It just makes sense to see this. So anyway, but interested, through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds were framed. And we know why. God said and there was. God said and there was. God said and there was. Wow. Okay. It was framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. See, this is what's going to trap you and I if we get hung on what we see. Yeah, but I don't know how I'm going to get better. I got pain in my arm. Well, don't look at this, and we're not in denial. Go to the doctor. It's not a problem. But you have to believe that God's going to help you. He's really there. Doctors will tell you if you're, you know, if you're looking to us for everything, we ain't got the cure to everything. You know, they don't. They don't have the cure to everything. They're going to do the best they can, but God's going to do the best He can too, and that is He's going to help us. So anyway, something about um, things uh, that we can't see. So that things which are seen were not made out of things which do appear. This whole beautiful world, the moon. You look up at the moon and you think the moon, it was created out of something you couldn't see. Wow, God just created it. Now, so let's come on down here a little bit. 
by faith, Abel, and whatever, by faith, Enoch, and let's just keep going. Let's look down here at verse 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, don't make up new rules for diligently seek him. Look at what faith is. What is faith? He that comes to God must believe that he is. Be diligent about that. Be diligent knowing that God is. God is. God is. Instead of all of a sudden, you know, you lose your wallet, whatever. And, you know, <laughs> well, God can help everybody but me. No. Believe he is. And start looking for that wallet. Praise the Lord. I'm going to find it. In Jesus' name, I'm going to find it. You know, or whatever else it is. Your job or whatever. You've got to believe God is. Because it's funny, the person we're going to look at in a moment, Rahab, the prostitute, I mean, how does she qualify for diligently seek him? Because she was not diligently perfect. But that's not what it said. It said diligently seek him. And I'm confused what's diligently seek. No, we're believing in something we can't see. Let's be persistent about it. And so what do we do? We must believe that he is. Boy, us as Baptists, Methodists, whatever we are, we have real trouble with that. Sometimes we do not believe that he is. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Well, you act like it. You worry like crazy. You don't think God, and notice, and a rewarder of them. Them who? You. This is all written to you and I. You have got to believe he is your reward. Instead of thinking, one day I'm going to get my reward, and I'm not looking forward to it because all the bad things. Please. Jesus said, you have taken care of all that. He died for your sins. Let's stay focused on this chapter. So far, there's no hell and damnation, is it? There's something about faith and something about us personally. So let's watch what happens. So we believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Then it goes by faith, Noah, and then it goes on by faith, Abraham. Let me switch this to the Living Bible just a moment before we get any further on this one. Let's look at verse 6 again. You can never please God without faith, without depending on Him. Anyone who wants to come to God must believe that there is a God and that He rewards those who sincerely look for Him. Notice He didn't say those who are perfect. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. This whole chapter is just one miracle after another and they weren't all trying to say, I need a miracle to know that I'm going to heaven. God already solved that for you. The only way we're going to get there is by trusting him. But our daily problems are going to bury us if we don't do this. Now, let's get out here to that person by the name of uh, Rahab. Not Yeah, Rahab. Uh, we're still looking at Abraham here. Let's see where we're at. Uh, here's Abraham. We're going to see here's Isaac. Isaac did the same thing. Here's Jacob. Here's Joseph. Remember all those stories? Moses now. And you go straight from Moses to, I think, uh, Joshua. Let's see what we got. Well, now, here we go. No, we actually went straight from, uh, we went from Moses. Yeah, there's the death angel and all that stuff. And we go right to a harlot. Oh, my goodness. Richard, you cannot be talking about this. Well, I'm going to talk about what the Bible says because something she did is something we're supposed to do. So here we go. By faith, it was by faith that the walls of Jericho came tumbling down after the people of Israel walked around them seven, uh, seven days as God commanded. Now look at this. By faith, uh, she believed in God and his power. Rahab, the harlot, did not die 
with all the others in her city who refused to obey God, for she gave a friendly welcome to the spies. She also made a covenant with those spies. <laughs> she swore to them, she said, now look, you swear to me that you're going to save me and my house, my family. And they said, okay. Okay, we're going to look at this in a minute. But anyway, it was by faith. It wasn't by chance. It, oh, by chance. By chance. God finally, you know, just decided to have mercy on a harlot. No, this harlot had enough sense to know, you know what? My only help is Jesus. And she asked for his help and got it. Praise the Lord. Because it said by faith. She believed in God and his power. <laughs> Wonder what she was after, going to heaven? No. We'll see in a minute. They knew, everybody in Jericho knew they were toast. They were so scared. They knew they were all going to die. So what was she after? Like we all, I don't want to die in a car wreck going home. I don't want to get some disease here in another two months or something. I want to live long. I mean, the youngest of us in here is Dominique. I mean, uh, glorious future for you. You may not live, but one more year. That's terrible. She's got the first commandment with promise, which is honor your father and mother. My son's next in line. He's 26. And he knows, you know, it'll be well with you and you'll live long. Praise the Lord. It's just a relief. Then the rest of us, According to Psalm 91, we're going to live till we're satisfied. Praise the Lord. Remember Hezekiah? It was like the opposite. If that wasn't Jesus, it was Hezekiah. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall after the prophet Isaiah said, Time's up. You're going to die. Set your house in order and get everything ready to go. And Hezekiah was a good king. You know what Hezekiah said? He got to the wall and he started crying and he said, Lord, Lord, you know, I ain't ready to go yet. I don't want to go. And before the prophet Isaiah got out too far, he turned around and come back. And he said, hey, got good news. God gave you 15 more years. Praise the Lord. 15 more years and he was already an old timer? Why did you get that story? Because it belongs to you and I too. I don't need those details. I want to say, well, boy, Hezekiah, you sure were lucky. It's for us. So by faith, we got the instructions here, what she did. Now remember, embarrassing, harlot, mercy. That's got nothing to do with it. It's got nothing to do with it. Let's see what happened. But anyway, all the others in her city refused to obey God, for she gave a friendly uh, welcome to the spies. Well, oh, and let's see. She, yeah, what happened? Yeah, she did not die. Wow. Okay, now... Uh, I want us to look at another bit of information here about this uh, mercy. And it covers us all. And I think that's why we have these, uh, these stories in here. Because sometimes we can, we can get to thinking that, well, you know, the Lord's not going to help me. Watch this. This is the same similar incident right here. Okay, uh, let's get into this just a little bit here. I'm, I'm reading in Luke chapter 7. And let's see, John the Baptist, uh, his disciples came and they said, are you really the Messiah? You know, anyway, because uh, <clears throat> John the Baptist got a little depressed. Anyway, two disciples found Jesus while he was curing many sick people and other various diseases, healing the lame and the blind and casting out evil spirits. When they asked him John's questions, this was his reply. Go back and tell him all you have seen and heard here today. How those who were blind can see the lame are walking without a limp. The lepers are, of course, it'll say cured. 
In other words, this is not the right thing you'd want to say to tell people, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, get my mouse here to work. Come on now, mouse, here we go. Uh, if it weren't true. But it is the right thing to say. Because Jesus is still doing the same thing. The lepers are completely healed. The deaf can hear again. The dead come back to life. The poor hear the good news. Tell him, blessed is the one who does not lose his faith in me. Anyway, Jesus is going to say to the crowd, those guys left. He said, let me talk to you about John the Baptist. Okay. So he says, uh, when you went out to, into the Judean wilderness to see him, uh, did you find him weak as grass, moved by every breath of wind? Oh, did you find him dressed in expensive clothes? He says, no. Men who live in luxury are found in palaces, not out in the wilderness. But did you find a prophet? Yes, more than a prophet. He's the one who said, look, I'm sending a messenger ahead of you to prepare your way. Okay, and then he's going to say, there's not anybody greater than John the Baptist. But the least in the kingdom, I hope you get this. Because we all like to say, God, I'm the worst one. Well then, okay, this is us. The least in the kingdom. How can I be greater than him? Well, listen, it's by faith. Just take it. It belongs to you. The point is, John's with you too. Glory to God. It's because our only hope of glory is Jesus on, on the inside. Anyway, all who heard John preach, even the most wicked with them, agreed that God's requirements were right and they were baptized by him. In other words, the most wicked were baptized? Yeah, John got to them. All that is except for, oh man, the religious people. They wouldn't have anything to do with John. Boy. And uh, teachers of Moses' law, they rejected God's plan for them and they refused John's baptism. What can I say about such men, Jesus said? With whom shall I compare it? Well, this is like uh, uh, a group of children, but I want to skip just a little bit. We played funeral music and you wouldn't do it. Okay, watch this. John the Baptist used to go without food and never took a drop of liquor and you said he must be crazy. Now, put your seatbelt on here because Jesus is no liar. Let's see what happened to Jesus. I mean, some of my good Baptist friends, they don't know this scripture. <laughs> but I eat my food and drink my wine. This is Jesus. What a glutton Jesus is. Do you notice this is a red letter? This is Jesus talking about himself. Now he just called himself. He's saying they think I'm, I gorge myself. Because they were at one time saying, how come y'all don't fast? And Jesus said, does the bridegroom fast? I mean, does the, the, the bridesmen, do they fast on the day of the wedding? Man, we're having a feast right now. And he drinks. Now watch this. And has the lowest sort of of friends like Rahab mm -hmm. yeah guess what happens next he goes over to Simon's house and a harlot walks in I want you to see it watch how close this is one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home for lunch and accepted the invitation they sat down to eat a woman whoops 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 excuse me a woman we'll get back of the streets we know what that means uh, where did it go yeah here we go yeah, a woman of the streets, a prostitute. This is Luke chapter 7, verse 37. Heard he was there and brought an, ex an exquisite flask filled with expensive perfume. Going in, now, let me just help you a little bit. I do not think this woman was worried about heaven. We got stuff in our nation that's, you know, different kind of diseases and stuff going on. And she's a prostitute. No telling what's going on. Rahab... We're going to see had a family 
you know. And she she had a house or an inn right there in Jericho. Uh, can you just imagine the, the the lifestyle and the pressures and the problems that would come to a family that was a prostitute? Yeah, we're interested in heaven. Well, Jesus, I'm sure, already convinced her of that. But something else was going on. Let's watch what happens. Going in, she knelt behind him at his feet. Now, remember where they're at? They're at a Pharisee's house. And they already said he is with the most despicable people. She knelt behind him at his feet, weeping with her tears falling down upon his feet. She wiped them off with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. When Jesus' host, a Pharisee, well, look what he says, saw what was happening. See, he didn't even believe Jesus. Look what he says. And who the woman was, he said to himself, this proves that Jesus is no prophet. For if God had really sent him, he would know what kind of woman this is. Yeah. And Hebrews 11 knew that Rahab was a prostitute. And, and Joshua, who just took over command from Moses, Moses dies, and now they cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land, and he saves a prostitute. What's left to believe but to realize that the woman, this woman here, and that prostitute that was saved was because they asked for God's help. Okay. Jesus spoke up and answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something I want to ask you. Remember, Jesus didn't hear him say this. Jesus knew this. All right, the teacher said, uh, a man loaned money to two people, 5,000 to one, 500 to another. Neither of them could pay him back, so he kindly forgave them both, letting them keep the money. Uh, which do you think would love him the most after that? Well, the one who owed him the most, Simon answered. Correct, Jesus said. Then he turned uh, to the woman and said, Simon, look, see this woman kneeling here? Prostitute. When I entered your home, you didn't bother to offer me water to wash the dust off my feet. And look at this. And she says, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You refused the customary kiss of greeting, but she's kissed my feet again and again from the time I first uh, uh, came in the door. All right. You neglected the uh, uh, usual courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head. Hey, my mouth's together. Here we go. Oh, and anyway, he says, uh, Therefore her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved me much. But the one who is forgiven little shows little uh, love. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And I'm telling you, she had other troubles too. And whatever they were, I think other, other not translation, other places, it says, uh, you know, go in peace, whatever. But something took place here. Hmm. Well... Let's look over here at Matthew just a moment. These are the ancestors of Jesus Christ, the descendants of David and Abraham. Ancestors. These are going to be the most holy people in the world. <laughs> no, they're not. The only one that's holy is this guy. Is this guy. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Now Luke's gospel goes all the way back to Adam. And that's true. Okay. Isaac, Judah, goes on down. Oh! Did you ever notice what this was? Tamar was their mother. You know who Tamar was? Well, she was actually... Tamar was the, the daughter-in-law of Judah. But guess what Mr. Judah did? 
He went to a harlot's house one day after his kids were grown. He and his buddy, I forgot who his buddy was. Well, Tamar was dressed up as a harlot because she was mad at Papa Judah because Papa Judah was supposed to give her the next son. But the other two brothers had died. Her husband died. The next husband died. And Judah was scared. I ain't giving you my third son. So she dresses up like a harlot. I can't believe this is in the genealogy of Jesus. So that's why you have uh, the father of Perez and Zerar of of, uh, Tamar was their mother. She dressed up as a harlot, got pregnant, and had these two boys. Oh, man. It's kind of ruining the history of Jesus, isn't it? Is it ruining it, or are you finding out there's mercy? You ever heard of Judah? Judah! He went to a harlot's house. You think he's going to heaven? Hello, he is. Praise the Lord. It's all about mercy. Anyway, going down here. Here it is. Look at this. Anyway, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Rahab was his mother. That ain't the same Rahab. Yeah, it is too. Same Rahab. Let's watch the story. So we've already found out back over here at uh, Hebrews 11. Let's just see it one more time real quick. Hebrews 11. All right, there it is right here. By faith, because she believed in God and His power, Rahab the harlot. Oh, why'd they have to say that? Well, now we know we have to say it. We have got to quit acting like we're so holy. The Ten Commandments. If you ever told one lie, you broke them all. One of those commandments was don't commit adultery. Well, there you go, you harlots. <laughs> I'm guilty too, you know. You know. If you lie, the Bible says if you break one commandment, you broke them all. Okay. We're stuck. What are we going to do? Here's what we're going to do. Jesus died for our sins. But what we're stuck with is some of these daily problems. Well, all of them. But Jesus, if He died for our sins, He'll still help you like He helped Rahab. As long as we don't make a big deal of that and act like that Pharisee and go, well, if Jesus knew what kind of woman this was. Remember there was two guys that went to prayer one time, Jesus said, and one guy was, he was a Pharisee and he went, Lord, I'm glad I'm not like that tax collector over there. Oh, I do this and I do this and do this and do this. And this guy over here, remember what he was doing? He wouldn't even lift up his face to God. He just said, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. What did Jesus say about those two guys? Well, first thing Jesus said, he said that the Pharisee prayed to himself. (laughs) He's just praying to himself. But Jesus said that the other guy... He said God was merciful to him. He went away justified. Justified? Yeah, just like this. So here comes the big bad army. They have destroyed Egypt. They destroyed two major kings on the other side of the Jordan River. They just crossed the Jordan River. And she knows she is toast. Not to mention, I've been a harlot all my life. But wait. She believed in God and His power. This chapter says every one of us have got to believe that He is and He is a rewarder. So when we're faced with trouble, let's do what she did. What did she do? Well, she believed it and she did not die with all the others in her city. So let's see what happens. That would be in the book of Joshua. 
one of the first things that happened. Let's go to chapter 2 here. Then Joshua sent two spies from the Israeli camp at Achaia, Athens, whatever, okay, to cross the river, Tennessee. Check out the situation on the other side, especially Jericho. They arrived at an inn operated by a woman named Rahab, who was a prostitute. Interesting enough, just to throw this in here, the book of Joshua was written hundreds of years ago. Well, you know, 700 A.D., whatever, I mean, B.C., whatever, even beyond that, whoever recorded these things. And then over here, right after Jesus, around 80 A.D., 80 years after Jesus is resurrected, somebody says the same thing. Hmm. You know, if they hadn't put them genealogies in here, you know, we could say somebody was smoking dope or whatever and wrote the Bible. No, they put the genealogies in there. They put the dates. They put the times and everything. Anyway, here we go. So she ran this in, operated by a woman named Rahab, who was a prostitute. Sounds like some of our Western shows. What's the name? Kate. Kate at the saloon. She runs the saloon. Okay. They were planning to spend the night there. But someone informed the king of Jericho that the two Israeli spies were suspected uh, uh, had arrived at the city, uh, in the city that evening. He dispatched police, a squadron to Rahab's home, demanding that she uh, uh, surrender them. This is really such a great story. Think about it. Think of it two ways. Suppose you were the spies. Well, I ain't no harlot. You, they could have been going, oh, man, but we sure picked a stupid. Why would you want to spend a night at a harlot's place? We're going to die. No, the Israelis knew they were going to be all right. Why? Because God's going to help them. Even Rahab knew she's going to be all right. They're spies, he explained. They have been sent by the Israeli leaders to discover the best way to attack us. But she had hidden them, so, they told, so she told the officer in charge, these men were here earlier, but I, don't, I didn't know they were spies. They left the city at dusk, and as the city gates were about to close, and I don't know where they are. If you hurry, you can probably catch them, whatever. I think they're crossing, but going between the mountains. Yeah. You'll probably catch up with them. But actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath the piles of flax that were drying there. So the constable and his men went on the way to the Jordan River looking for them. Meanwhile, now now remember, this is interesting. Why do we have the details? Well, so you can live it in your mind and go, okay, I see that, I see that. Hmm. And you can compare it with the problems you're having today and say, you know what? I'm going to get out of my problem too. I'm going to do what she did. Watch what she does. The gates were kept shut. Rahab went up to talk to the men before they retired for the night. Now, here's where she cuts the deal with them. Watch this. Now, I know perfectly well that your God is going to give my country to you. Yeah. Well, see, 40 years ago, the Israelis were like, oh, we can't take the promised land. Ah, there's the, the children of Anak over there. There's giants over there. Oh, yeah, it's milk and honey, but we can't do it. Oh, mercy. I know perfectly well that your God's going to give my country to you. She told them, we are all afraid of you. Well, I tell you what, none of this changes. No weapon formed against you will prosper. It's the same way. Everyone is terrified if the word Israel is even mentioned. (laughs) For we have heard how the Lord made a path through the Red Sea. He just did it a few days later here uh, crossing the Jordan. Actually, no, he's fixing to do that. He'll do it in the next chapter. But anyway, he's going to stop that same water. Anyway, we know what you did to Sahan and God, these two Amorite kings east of the Jordan. I mean, word travels fast. And how you ruined their land and completely destroyed their people. No wonder we're afraid of you. No one has any fight left in them. In other words, they're all scared. 
after hearing these things. For your God is the, look at this, your God is the supreme God, not just any ordinary God. Oh, I wish we could get this. And we do, we do. I'm just saying that. My little troubles I'm going to have this week, praise the Lord. God's the supreme God, not just any God. Now, I beg you this one thing. Here we go. Here's the deal. Swear to me by the sacred name of your God that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all their families. Man, if there was anything in the too hard to do box, this was. (laughs) How are we going to do this? This woman believed that it would happen. Anyway, this is only fair after the way I've helped you. The men agreed. If you won't betray us, we'll see to it. Boy, they, they said okay. We'll see to it that you and your family aren't harmed, they promise. We'll defend you with our lives. Uh, then since uh, her house was on top of the city, she let them down by a rope in the windows. Escape to the mountains, hide there for three days until the men who are searching for, their, uh, for you go on away. Uh, but before they left, now watch this. The men said, hey, uh, by the way, by the way, we need to add an article to this. <clears throat> we cannot be responsible for what happens to you unless this rope is hanging out this window. And unless all your relatives, your father, mother, brothers, and anyone else are here inside this house. Now, what was going on here? This was good news for Rahab. She's like, they're going to do it. Now, remember what she was doing? She was trusting God. Now she's already seeing visible evidence that, you know what? These guys are saying, hey... Make sure this rope's hanging out because these guys are running for their lives and they're saying, hey, by the way, keep this rope hanging out here and we'll know it's your house and nobody's going to hurt in here. If they go out into the streets, we assume assume no responsibility whatsoever, but we swear that no one inside this house will be killed or injured. Praise the Lord. Here we go. However, if you betray us, then this oath will no longer be binding in any way. I accept your terms, she said, and she left the scarlet rope hanging out the window. Now, where have we heard in our movies about scarlet ropes and stuff? This is where it all comes from. It's not Romeo and Juliet and whatever. Anyway, the spies went up in the mountains, stayed there three days, and they were after the people that were chasing them. Oh, we know the story here. The two spies went down from the mountain across the river, reported to Joshua all that was done. Now, okay, Notice what they said. They said, hey, the Lord's going to give us the entire land for all the people are scared to death of us. You need to realize your problems out there, no matter what they are, they're scared of you. It's the other way around. Now, uh, we're going to jump now to the sixth chapter, and here's what happened. Let's watch what happens here. Uh, several things that happened. They've already passed, uh, they've already come across the, uh, the Jordan River. You know, a little time's gone by. You know, Rahab's had to hold it out. Here we go, starting at 17. Remember, they, they, they circled the city seven times the last day. They did it every day for six days, and on the seventh day, they circled it seven times, and with a great shout, Woo! The Lord's given us the city. He had told them, Joshua, previously, kill everyone except... Why does she have to be a harlot? That just bugs me. That doesn't bug you. It sets you free, doesn't it? Because God will help you. I don't care what you've done. Sometimes we we all well, well at least I'm not a, I'm not a harlot you know. <laughs> well, you still won't talk yourself into the blessings of God. You'll still say because you were this and that and whatever. You need to cut all that out. Kill everyone except Rahab the prostitute <laughs> and anyone in her house, for she protected our spies. Don't take any loot, uh, for everything is to be destroyed. Okay, now, uh, 
That ain't over yet. Watch what happens. So here they go. They're wiping it all out. Uh, look at this. Meanwhile, Joshua, anyway, they, anyway, they just look at that. They destroyed everything in it. Men, women, young, old, sheep, donkeys, everything. Meanwhile, Joshua had said to the two spies, keep your promise. Oh, praise the Lord. Go and rescue the prostitute and everyone with her. The young men found her and rescued her along with her father, her mother, her brothers, and other relatives. You know, prostitutes have family too. You know, man. Wow, what a story. Arrangements were made for them to live outside the camp of Israel. This took place forever. After all, Salmon, which was Boaz's dad, oh, let me, let me bring this to you a little bit home. Let's see. Salmon, his daddy, no, his son was Boaz. Boaz's son was Jesse. Jesse's son, David. No, double great-grandmother was a prostitute. <laughs> yeah. There's mercy for every one of us. Praise the Lord. But anyway, here we go. So they found her. They rescued her along with her father and mother, all her relatives. Arrangements were made for them to live outside the camp of Israel. Praise the Lord. Anyway, that's the end of that. No, no, hang on. Excuse me. Verse 25. Thus the Lord saved Rahab the harlot, the prostitute, and her relatives who were within, in the house. They still live among the Israelites because she hid the spies. I mean, praise the Lord. What are we going to do with that? Well, we've heard that. Well, what did she do that I can do? You can do the same thing. You can call on the Lord. Oh, I'm done, but let's stop right here. In uh, Psalms, makes me think that David probably learned most of his uh, things from uh, being passed down from his, um, could have been his grandmother, great-grandmother, uh, Rahab. Uh, we go to 18 just a second. Here we go, 18. Let me switch this to King James. I'm going to find where I'm at. Psalm 18. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, and whom I trust. Now, that didn't mean I trust there's a God. No, I trust Him to do all these other things. He's the horn of my salvation, my high tower. You've done tremendous, this is in King James, I mean, excuse me, Living Bible, you've done tremendous things. You're my fort where no one can enter, at, excuse me, where I can enter and be safe. No one can follow me in and slay me. He's my rugged mountain. He's my savior, a rock that none can reach me, a tower of safety. He's my shield. He's the strong horn of a mighty fighting bull. Here's what Rahab did. All I need to do is cry to him, oh, praise the Lord, and I'm saved from all my enemies. This was on FM Jerusalem all day long being sung by the choir. Everybody in the vicinity of Jerusalem, and it was scattered out throughout the country. Singers everywhere were singing this. Praise the Lord. Why? So we would get it. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that if we call, you'll help us. You'll get us out of trouble. Praise the Lord. While we're in this world, Jesus said, we'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, Jesus said, for I've overcome the world. We know it. You're delivering us out of all kind of trouble. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, you'll fix that. If we get trouble financially, you'll fix that. And if there's some other problem we're faced with, like Rahab was dealing with, glory to God. Fearing for her life, you'll save us there too. I didn't leave anything left but for us to tell others how great you really are. And you really are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, amen. Hallelujah.